Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Jake Bakoven. This is the Ticket Water Cooler brought to you by Coligan Water. I'm Jake Bakovan. He is Big Sky. And we have an hour to ourselves where we can talk about, well, anything we want to, but mostly college football because that's what uh, we like more than anything else. Uh, and there's uh, some interesting stuff going on in college football world, especially for the Big Ten where Iowa's athletic director Gary Barta has made it known that the Big Ten is considering scrapping divisions altogether, going to an eight-game format, uh, this as part of the the handshake agreement with the ACC and the Pac-12 that they would uh, try to schedule more games. Uh, and then in, in that case, there would be a three-team kind of uh, – there would be three teams that each team would play every year, so kind of your dedicated rivals there. Uh, and then you would just go on a, on a rotation basis to play everybody else. So it would be a little bit different uh, than the current divisions that, that we currently know. I don't want to say and love. We just kind of know them there, obviously. It hasn't been great for the Big Ten West to go up against the Big Ten East. I felt like that's been um, – it was just built – from the, the if doing it geographically was never going to work, right? I mean, it's not, it's not, it's it's not orderly. It's not. It's stacked toward the toward the east, obviously, uh, and it's been that way. The east has won every Big Ten championship, uh, often in blowout fashion. Um, so this would do a little bit to to fix that. I don't know if it changes the teams that are in the championship contention near the end, but it might make the Big Ten championship game a little bit more competitive. Um, a little bit of a careful what you wish for there, though, uh, situation, right? Because if if Michigan beats Ohio State um, toward the end of last year and then has to rematch against them in the Big Ten championship game, maybe you eliminate yourself from the playoffs with one of those teams losing, or maybe the Ohio State would have jumped back in. But that's the the sort of scenario um, that I don't I think you don't you want to avoid altogether if you're the Big Ten. Um, and it certainly could come to play that way. That you know, I think I guess that's the benefit of building um, the divisions unequally. But uh, I guess Big Sky, your kind of first thoughts on the chance that the Big Ten looks completely different. We know college football is going to look completely different um, in the next few years. It feels like with Texas and Oklahoma heading to the SEC, this is kind of a reaction to that. The Big Twelve has done kind of the round robin thing, and then the top two teams go and play in the championship. Um, it's worked out okay. It's a, it's a little different. I you know Nebraska has played in divisional ball since uh, going to the Big 12 uh, over from the Big 8. And, and um, of course, back in the Big 8, that was big enough basically to be a division in and of itself. Back then, conferences were basically divisions. Um, but uh, it, it'll, it would be a change, but I, I think it would be kind of fun and, and get you to be able to play um, more teams more often um, and, and maybe have less of, of, a, of an imbalance uh, every year where Iowa seems to avoid, and it, it's changing this upcoming season, but Iowa, for the most part, has seemed to avoid the Ohio States and the Michigans for some reason on their schedule. Um, meanwhile, you know, Nebraska, as we know, last year had one of the most difficult uh, schedules in the nation um, because it, it just hasn't been equal. So this, w- this would be um, a, a way of getting toward that. I, I Again, I don't think it necessarily changes the teams that are ultimately winning the championships, but it 
changes the teams that are playing for them a little bit. Do you like the idea of divisionless football and kind of a round robin for Nebraska in the Big Ten? Well, it's not divisionless. It's it's pods. I think that's what the uh, the term that's been thrown around about the uh, the three team or four team uh, play the same three teams every year and in a home and home and home situation and then kind of play different uh, opponents throughout the conference for your remaining six conference games. I, that, that They've been calling it pods, and that's been really big when you're talking about playoff expansion and conference expansion. Because right now we're looking at a potentially 16-team SEC with Oklahoma and Texas, and it just doesn't make sense to have eight-team divisions. Maybe it makes a little bit more sense to have four pods of four teams each. Here's my biggest issue with the Big Ten trying to do it. 14 is not divisible by four. So That's you're right. you're going to have two four-team pods and then two five-team pods or just one really small pod that only has two teams in it. Well, the other, all the others have four. It just doesn't divide very well. It doesn't divide cleanly. So I think the Big Ten will, is probably looking to expand, add two more teams if this is the way that they want to go. I'd be curious to see how they separate it because you'd still think they'd go geographically at that point, and that doesn't really solve any of the problems because all the West teams are still going to be playing teams from the West. You're just opening it up so that three of their games, three of those games a year are not going to be against the other, the rest of the West. But it's it, 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 it's I don't think it's a perfect solution, and I don't think there's anything wrong with the division format right now. You don't? You don't think it's imbalanced a little? Well, I think you still get competitive conference championship games. Even when even when Northwestern was representative out of the West two years ago in the COVID-shortened season, they played tough with Ohio State, and Ohio State was a playoff team. And I don't think anyone thought Northwestern was competitive in the playoff. And I There's think been a few competitive ones, but some are like Lissler year was 41-3, to 59-0 in the past. I mean, some of them haven't been very competitive. And overall, it's just not um, – it's not so much about the individual game. Uh, it's about the team and what they're playing for, right? The West Division champion is always playing for the Rose Bowl. The East Division champion is playing for a playoff uh, contention for the most part. So um, it's... I, I've just I just felt like it's been in balance for years. I kind of I will miss if the, if they do end up going away from this. And like you said, maybe it's not too much of a change at all. If Nebraska ends up playing Iowa and Wisconsin and Minnesota every year, well, that's pretty much what they do now. And I'm not going to miss the Northwestern and Purdue and Illinois games all that much. I mean, it is it is what it is. Uh, of course, you might get stuck with some of those other teams, and you'll miss the, the, those other games, right? The, those trophy games that Nebraska has in place. But I will miss the Big Ten West if they ultimately leave um, from it because it, it kind of has its own identity right it's kind of the the tough um hard nose maybe has a ceiling um type of division but it you can expect a tough game out of them um and you know i i think that's kind of cool and but it just hasn't led to any big 10 championships which is um maybe why they're kind of considering this as well as of course um the evolving landscape of college football i i think that if you want to go pods you need to go grab two teams and you need to steal them from the big 12 and i think those two teams are very clearly kansas or kansas state depending on what you want to improve mainly. If you're just looking for the football product, take K-State. If you're looking at the basketball product, KU, and hope pray Lance Leipold gets the Jayhawks to a respectable <laughs> football level and then go after Iowa State. And then you can have a pot of Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa State, and then one of the Kansas teams. You have the big rivalry. You have the Heroes game in that, in that pot, and then you have the Iowa-Iowa State rivalry. And then Nebraska has some sort of, uh, you know, just former Big 8, hatred for that whatever kansas team you pick so i think it's gonna that would be a solid two ads to get if you want to go pod 
pod play, and then you can get Minnesota, Wisconsin, and like a Michigan State in like a northern pod, and that that would really that would really mix things up and really make it interesting. But right now, if you're just sticking with the current 14 teams, it's not going to change much because you're still going to want to go geographically. You're not going to make Nebraska play in a pod where they have to travel to Rutgers every other year and Rutgers has to travel to Nebraska every other year. That's just too much to ask travel expense wise. So it, it, the pod is not a perfect solution unless you're adding teams. Well, and, and to the idea that every, everybody kind of names like at Nebraska, we do that, right? We're, we're starting to name, well, I want Michigan and I want, uh, I want Wisconsin. And I want Iowa. Well, everybody wants Michigan. <laughs> and so, I mean, you, all these, these permanent three team crossovers, uh, you wonder how they would do that, how to break it up. I mean, some of them are obvious, right? You'd want Ohio state and Michigan, playing every year um you can't break up michigan michigan state but that's that's two right there already for michigan um so there's slim pickings from there but what i would want if they do go with this um three teams that you play year in and year out is hopefully nebraska does get some blue blood love and and maybe they won't maybe they shouldn't at this point in the big 10 they haven't added a whole lot to it um but i've always felt a little bit betrayed by the big big 10 and the fact that um when they joined the conference you had a permanent crossover with Penn State lined up. You had a, a, an annual matchup with Michigan lined up. So when you were sold, you're coming to the Big Ten. It was like, okay, we're one of the big boys. We're playing big boy football with these these teams every year. This is going to be fun. Uh, a few years later, they go to the West, and some people liked it. All right, you you finally got Wisconsin on your schedule. Where the, when they were in the leaders, um, you didn't have them, and that kind of felt like a natural rivalry a little bit. It, it certainly has. It died off a lot of that rivalry. I think the feel for Wisconsin has died off just because Nebraska hasn't been competitive um, or at least won those games. And, uh, you know, and, and so basically Nebraska was sold um, along with, with Iowa. Uh, you know, that, that natural rivalry that was there was that you're going to play Michigan and, uh, in, in, uh, in, uh, not lost my train of thoughts, Penn State with the permanent crossover every year. And, and now you're stuck playing the Minnesotas and the Northwesterns and the Illinois. And I know, uh, what you would say is that that's you know Nebraska hasn't won those games either. So what what kind of difference does it make? I just feel um, like the, the Big Ten kind of swerved Nebraska a little bit there as far as uh, and 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 I think that they have a chance to make up for a little bit. But I don't believe that Nebraska is going to be priority picking here. We already know about um, where Nebraska kind of stands in the Big Ten, trying to go off into independent football um, during the COVID year that caused a big ruckus. We, we heard from all the Big Ten alums and and. and and guys that that stand for the conference over everything else um, type of feel, and um, you know, and, you know, I don't know if that's the relationship has been mended enough that Nebraska would get one of the first picks. And again, at this point, um, you know, you, you'd probably just follow down the pecking order where Ohio State and Michigan, um, definitely Ohio State above all, would probably get their pick or have the the at least the power within the room to try to to get their picks. And then, you, but you just have to wonder: do you, does Ohio State? love the brand of playing Michigan every year? Do they want to play Michigan State and, and Penn State? Do they want those? Or do, or do you not want – that's competitively now gives you a disadvantage, right? So when you're going for the conference standings, maybe they can look down on everybody still because of where they are. But uh, they're not going to like to be playing that game when Maryland's playing – you know, Illinois and Indiana and Purdue every year. That's not that's not a fair way to do it. So you got to find a way to make it balanced as well as protect these rivalries. So it sounds like a, a, a big mess. Maybe they could figure it out. I would like, I think it'd be fun to sit down and do it, but just kind of brainstorming, you run into a lot of problems. Well, that's why you need to add two teams that have existing uh, rivalries with Big Ten teams already. I'm good if you just add Iowa State and then you want to bring a team, a team in on the East. I would target like a pit, uh, the Pitt Panthers, you know, get that rivalry, that in-state rivalry with Penn State. 
Now it has to be rivals that you're you're adding to the conference at this point. So maybe even a Cincinnati, a little brother for Ohio State, given their rise, but they already agreed to go to the Big Twelve. You know, maybe the Big Ten can pony up enough money to get them out of whatever contract they signed with the Big Twelve. I don't know, but you need to add rivals, and that's why I keyed in on a Kansas school and an Iowa uh, in Iowa State because they have pre-existing rivalries with Nebraska and Iowa, and so to add them to that pod would just it would be a natural fit, so to say. Um, but I think the biggest thing that you you touched on right there is what's Ohio State going to do? Are they going to try and pick the softest pod of anybody so they can just trounce their three every year and basically have three bye weeks? And I I, I don't think that that would be the case because when you're a top flight competitor, you want to you want to be the best. And how do you be the best? You beat the best. And this is one of the softest things that the SEC does is it only plays an eight game conference schedule and it plays some FCS opponent in week eight, week nine. They always have that bye game and it's super soft. It, nobody understands in the SC, in SEC land how difficult it is to walk through a nine game schedule where you have no breaks after the fourth week of the season. And so that's why I think if you're Ohio State, you can, or if we're looking at Ohio State, like what are they going to pick? They love that rivalry with Michigan. They like to go to uh, to Michigan State, go to go to East Lansing, mm-hmm. and 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 put it to the Spartans every year. So I I don't think we need to be concerned about Ohio State picking a weak pod. I think what Nebraska fans need to be concerned about is are is Nebraska going to end up in a weak pod that basically gets treated like a group of five conference basically because you you're not playing anybody with with prestige are they gonna end up with illinois purdue and minnesota who have made very few waves in recent years other than just being a very consistent eight to nine win team well and then you kind of just think of the setup too because nebraska you know in the big 12 north and in the legends and in um the configuration for the west was kind of is always kind of placed at the top of those divisions right and figured to be a, a primary competitor and they haven't lived up to that billing um, so, you know, after it happens a few times and you look back at the past and you look at how many times that's happened and where Nebraska is as a program now, um, you know, maybe that wouldn't be, okay, Nebraska's, you know, the traditional power of the blue blood. This is the power of the, of this pod. If they go to the pod system, um, they haven't, they're not necessarily talking about expansion, um, right now, at least Gary Barta didn't bring it up. Um, so it would, as, is, as of now, it's still kind of a talk, um, with the 14 teams that they do have, if they did go to expansion, of course, the, the big fish out there is it's not picking off Iowa state or whatever. I mean, those are fine ads, whatever. Whatever, but it's Notre Dame. And Notre Dame um, seemingly has a better relationship with the ACC um, at this point. Of course, played football in there, plays basketball there. So and that would be a hard grab to get. But that's the that's the one that, you know, when you think about the SEC expanding and getting an Oklahoma and a Texas, it, you know, if the Big Ten wants to play ball, you have to get that big of a brand name. And, and really what's out there is USC and Notre Dame. And USC would obviously be a, a very difficult one geography uh, geographically. So, um it's interesting. I mean, that that's what made that Oklahoma Texas move so powerful. It's like, whoa, they just took two of the blue bloods to go along with their all you know powerful conference. We've had this discussion off air, Bach, but Texas not a blue blood. Decidedly, I've I've decided. <laughs> you have decided. They have this, never right? had a dynasty. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> anyway, I mean, Notre Dame is obviously the the team in the Big Ten footprint that you want to add. But they do have a better relationship with the ACC, as you mentioned. They played in the ACC last year for the COVID year. They play there for basketball. The only the only real thing that connects them to the Big Ten is they're in the footprint and they play hockey in the Big Ten conference. 
and that's to replace a team like Nebraska that doesn't sponsor hockey or a team like Iowa, just to fill out the conference numbers. I don't think Notre Dame is necessarily in play because the Big Ten, we're kind of dealing with a little bit of egos in Michigan and Ohio State, and you're going to have to bend the knee to get Notre Dame. Notre Dame is going to come in and want to be you know, treated as good, if not better, than Ohio State. Ohio State doesn't want to give away the throne that easily, even if it's just you know TV money. And that's the other thing that's in play, too, is Notre Dame has their own TV deal with yeah. uh, NBC. That's going to be tough to replace for them because right now they're getting a, they're getting a, the lion's share of that of that takeaway, and they're not going to be getting what they're going to be in a profit share in the Big Ten. So th- there's going to have to be they a, would almost negotiate a higher porch. I mean, they would they would have. Yeah, to. It, it would be it, it. Notre Dame would be a tough pull for the Big Ten if if they could pull it off. Huge coup. And it's going to immediately elevate the status of the conference. But again, that opens it up to Ohio State getting an even, all of the marquee members in their pod. And then if you're a Penn State, I think Penn State has a chance of being left out in the cold here because they looked like they were coming on as a Big Ten power, and they've waned of, uh, recently. They could end up in a pod of Indiana, Maryland, and Rutgers. Who wants to be in that pod? You're, you're, you talk about not having anybody to you know play against that has prestige. That would be the worst pod in the Big Ten. And at that point, you basically have a group of five conference in the Big Ten. <laughs> well, within these pod systems, still, you are going to play those crossovers. So you'd have years where um, you would play Ohio State's and Michigan's, and then you'd have years where you're looking for the easier schedule, which is what Nebraska fans are pretty excited about this upcoming year is, you know, there are years where it's beneficial not to play, a, you know, a gauntlet um, of, you know, tough teams that, and, and that would be in your pod or whatever. So um, it, it, it's interesting with 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 Penn State with with Nebraska you know and obviously there are different levels of the, of the, their rebuild and their program um but you know it's really there's very few teams that have been able to just ride that wave consistently and stay there Ohio State basically is the one in the Big 10 um and you know their their time at at some point will come too when they need a year um where a nicer a fresher schedule would look a little bit easier um but so it, i mean it's it's interesting um by far to see what this um, how this thing shakes out. I just think that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm basically torn here because I, like I said, I love the big 10 West identity. I like, I kind of like the grittiness of it at the same time. I understand there are, are not really two big brand names in there. If Caleb Williams goes to Wisconsin, certainly that elevates uh, what the big 10 West looks like this upcoming year. And we'll talk about that in the next break, but, um, it's it, it would be kind of sad to see, but I, I've been saying for years that this has not been built equally from the begin from the beginning, and we've seen it play out, you know, every year in the conference championship game, um, where the Big Ten East is undefeated and the Big Ten West has yet to bring home the championship crown. It will be it'd be really sad actually if they do this before the Big Ten West gets one, but I don't know how long we'd be waiting for that. Well, I, I mean, there's disparity in every every conference in their within their divisions there's one division that kind of you know leads the rest of rest of the conference along and kind of guides them in in the national spotlight and gets the attention for it I, even the sec has it i whatever division georgia is in in the, the sec east, yeah. the east is significantly weaker than the west but in years past the west has been the weaker conference it, it's it, it, you you're never going to be able to divide a conference perfectly because very often it's those regional rivalries that create powers. You know, Michigan rises to meet Ohio State, and that's what makes those two teams great is they're playing in the game on ABC at 8 p.m. The regional recruits in New Jersey are watching that game, and maybe they got spurned by Ohio State, so they go to Michigan so they can go up against Michigan and tear down that dynasty. 
that that's that it, you're always going to have that that connection between those two schools and divisions you can't split those two teams up by a division unless you bring in like 17 Michigan schools and the rest of the Ohio <laughs> schools and you can split them into a Michigan and an Ohio comp, uh, divisions you're not going to be able to break that game up and so you you're always going to have a little bit of just, there's going to be a discrepancy in divisions. There's going to be a discrepancy in the pods. I've already outlined a number of weak pods that could exist in the Big Ten. It, it's just figuring out the best way to heighten all of your members. And right now, I don't think that's the pod system. Well, and it's crazy, too, because as, as unfair as all this, I, like that's what I love about the college football, and I'll protect um, expanding the playoffs because I love the regular season and the mat- and how much it matters and all that, is that you know as, as flawed as the system is, and now it's always been, I'll say it again, Georgia beating Alabama in game two doesn't make any sense. That's like playing a seven-game series and in game two going, ah, whoever won the last one, uh, they're the champion. That doesn't necessarily make sense. It didn't make for years. years It didn't make sense um, to crown a champion before the bowl game. The BCS had its flaws. You know, now now college football playoff has its flaws in certain years because there's just too many teams not playing equal schedules. And and unequal scheduling is always going to be a problem with that many teams, regardless of what you do as teams rise and fall. Even from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, you're difficulty of schedule looks way different than what you would would have thought it would have been to begin with so um it, it's incredibly difficult um and, and just it, and ultimately impossible to get an equal schedule for everybody go across the board but what i like is still regardless of that fact um for some reason it just works out right you, you play a 12 game schedule you play the conference championships which were introduced i think late 80s the sec championship game might have been 92 i believe um and and so that that's been a nice little addition as well is that by the end of, of all of that, and sometimes it takes some shaking out. We all get like to, to conference championship week or rivalry weekend and go, well, there's like five teams out there. But it shakes out in the end usually to where the teams that are competing for the championship you feel like um, have earned that. And the teams that aren't, regardless of the, the, the inequal, inequality of scheduling, um, haven't deserved that. So, I mean, I, I think for the most part... Uh, they can shake it up as much as they want. The system ultimately works pretty well to just play with that many teams. Um, if you're going to play 12 to 13 games, you're going to know pretty well who's going to be competing for the championship at the end. Now, expansion of the playoff doesn't make any sense to me because once you get to that level, um, I mean, it can make sense if you go like if you go about the route of conference champions getting in and all that stuff. Then you kind of it's just it just is a different game than what you were playing before, um, which to me is just the value of the regular season um, lasting until the end. And then, you know, who should be in the championship game or in that, you know, whether it's two or three teams, um, usually perhaps four. If there's a if there's a, uh, a year like that, there usually isn't. Um, but it, it, it just amazes me how well it's worked out over the years that you usually can arrive upon a national champion, you know, predating the BCS. And then, you know, with the BCS and um, in, in college football playoff that uh, you don't feel like anybody's getting a, a bad deal in the end for the most part. I mean, we can go back in time and go through all of the ridiculous conference uh, national title claims and point out plenty of times where it didn't work out very well before the poll. So I definitely think we're getting better because as we – as we have noted, the BCS system had its flaws, but it was still better than you know three independent polls, um, picking potentially three different winners and having three schools claim a year. Uh, and then the BCS system, you know, there there you can go back in time and say, oh well, look, Boise State's number two. We we can't have a Mountain West team or at that what, what was the 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 WAC 
yeah. in the WAC at the time, <laughs> uh, or a WAC school. We can't have them in the, in the in the national championship. Well, again, you know, Colin Kaepernick comes in with Nevada, beats Boise State, and we don't have to see that in the the title game. But then they go out and prove that maybe with a win with a win over Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl that they could have been deserving. I, I definitely think we're getting closer, but the the twelve the twelve person council that decides the college football playoff there's a there's conflict of interest all over that and i think before we can get truly fair we need maybe another council of 12 different people maybe writers and then even include kind of a, a computer system like the bcs had to truly get the four best teams and four most deserving teams because right now there's a lot of gerrymandering going on in the in the college ball playoff committee and i i'm not a fan of it well like you just said there though too i mean those are different things the best teams and most deserving teams aren't always equal right so you kind of have the conflict of interest there because they've never outlined what you know what ultimately is going to get you in it's just well whatever the 12 guys come to a conclusion on um so it, it's kind of interesting there but i still don't feel like again maybe it's just coming from the bcs era um if you're the fifth team that doesn't get in and the fourth team does i don't feel bad for you you should have went undefeated i mean <laughs> that's ultimately where it, because i come from the bcs era where it was two you you had to be top two if you're number three or number four if you're number four or four, number five you don't deserve a chance at the championship anyway bach you say just go undefeated well cincinnati just went undefeated and there were still people that were saying well if oklahoma wins oklahoma state wins the big 12 championship i could see them jumping cincinnati so going just go undefeated is not the perfect system because there is a council of 12 people and i'm talking they, about the power five if they decide that an undefeated team isn't good enough they can just kick them out and be like you're the fifth best team and then suddenly, bang! We got Oklahoma State two loss in the college football playoff, and Alabama runs them over. And and then Cincinnati just sits there like, you know, I think we might have been been able to do better, but we don't know. So I think I think you need to have more than just those twelve people. Let's go to the Honda League and Hotline four two four six four five six eight five and hear from Jason. Jason, what are your thoughts today? Hey guys, you know I know I'm not gonna get you uh, to change your mind easily on this block, but. Uh, to me, the bigger the playoff, the better. If it was a 16-team playoff, and let's say Coastal Carolina was 15th or Boise State was 12, and they beat, you know, like a second seed Georgia or something, I don't see what the problem would be. If if they won in the bracket and actually played better and won the game, then fine, they advance. I don't see what the problem with that. You could fold that into the bowl games. It would give the bowl games more meaning and – you know, like, like I always say in the NCAA tournament, there's been people that suggested they raise the basketball tournament from 68 games to like 96 or something. I mean, after the first round of games, like the first, you know, set of games, I mean, half the teams are out. So, I mean, if you had a 16-team playoff, you'd play the games, and then you'd be down to eight teams. It's not like it's just – they do this in other divisions, every other sport besides on the field, like uh, – Big Sky said, you know, uh, going undefeated is not the magic ticket. Teams get left out, you know, the Northern Illinois, the Boise States, the Coastal Carolinas, you know, schools like that, and there's other examples. Uh, it's not enough if you if they don't think, you know, you're good enough. And I don't think that's fair. I think if everybody's going to be Division One, get rid of the Power Five stuff. If, you, if you're in that top 115, uh, of the FCS division, then you ought to have a chance to play. And as it is now, you know, Bowling Green could go 13-0 and next year or something like that, and they wouldn't have a chance because they'd end up, you know, 16th or 13th or 19th or something. 
if you had a 12-team or a 16-team playoff, that would make it way more equitable. And Bach, it would make the games more exciting because then all of a sudden the playoff games, you know, you could have some upsets. And if the if Alabama, you know, they're not going to lose probably in the first round, but if they would lose, man, that'd be fun to see that. You know, if Marshall, say Marshall in 2028 plays Alabama and Alabama's overlooking them and Marshall just has some great athletes and they take some turnovers and all of a sudden they just, you know, send Alabama home packing after the first game. I mean, talk about excitement. That would, it's just like college basketball. That's why people love the NCAA tournament because of the possibility of upsets. So anyway, thanks guys. Yeah, there goes, Jason. Thank you for the call on the Honda of Lincoln hotline there. Uh, a lot of, of good points made there. And, and the, my, I think that is the best case is if, if you want to separate or, or if you don't want to separate the Power Five from the group of five, right? Um, I think that is the, that's my favorite argument on behalf of the playoff is to get a group of five team in there is if you expand the playoffs or even if you, you, know, you keep it at four, um, you know, to give one of those teams a chance at the top seed, whether it's Alabama or whoever it may be, um, you know, if you expand the playoff, that makes it a little bit easier, right? You just have the two top group of five teams end up playing for basically a play-in game, the, the championship of the group of five, play-in, play-in game to get in, and they had their secured spot. So I don't mind that if you go to, to eight teams there. Um, I guess, and again, this all just kind of depends on what – what you like and what you prefer altogether within your sport. I like college football because it's separate from the the from the NCAA basketball, or you know, because this again, it, it it to me it raises the level of the regular season and the importance of week one um, more so than any other sport. If I if I watch um, you know a, a college football team lose in week two, especially in the BCS era, it was oh they're done. Um, now it's uh, it's kind of well they still have a chance, but they can't lose again. They can't slip again. You watch a team lose in week three of the NFL, it doesn't matter. It, it, you know, they're, they're fine. They, they just keep continue moving on. Um, everybody has a couple lumps throughout the season in the NFL. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I, I think that all, for more than anything in college football, it would still come down to the same teams um, because I think that they do separate themselves by the end of the year. Um, and I still think you would have those same teams advancing through the longer playoffs. I just, I like more so not having the, the you know, some team that's earned the 13 seed have the same chance as the team that's earned the one seed by the end of the regular season because it heightens the regular season. But uh, we continue to talk about this next week. Unfortunately, we're up against the break, so we are going to have to take a break. Uh, this is the water cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 